Ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the Rizzo cast, put your hands together for Steven Risotto. What is going on, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 84 of Rizzo Cast. I'm Steven Risotto, and today we are joined by right-handed pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. It is Jay Jackson who joins us. Jay, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it, Steve. Just out here hanging out in Miami right now, so just enjoying the good weather. Yeah, good weather in Miami. That is no surprise there, and you got some some waves to watch uh, when we're finished here, so uh, can't wait for you to get that opportunity. Uh, but we are also <laughs> recording on, uh, on, on a Tuesday afternoon, the Tuesday uh, just hours away from World Series game number one, and I know Obviously, you'd love to be there right now, but are you going to be? Is that something that you're going to keep track of? Are you going to be watching? Uh, well, we should be there. You know, just tough year, tough way to tough way to end it. But mm-hmm. um, I'll keep up with it just because some of my boys are still playing. But I'm actually trying to go to the game on Friday um, in Atlanta because my hometown's only an hour and a half from Atlanta. So that plus my birthday's tomorrow, so it'll be a nice birthday gift to myself to go to a World Series game, right? So. We're going to try to go, but other than that, I don't really, I just keep up with my boys to see how they're doing. And then, I mean, baseball's done for me for the years. <laughs> so who you got, who you, uh, who are some of the players that you're highlighting in this series? Who are your boys? Uh, my boys, I mean, I played against Jock forever. Uh, I actually was in the Pirate system for a year with Charlie Morton. So, but I'm going to go with the Astros because me and Dusty Baker are really actually kind of kind of close so I got I want to see him win the, I want to see him win the World Series so my money's on the Astros right now I know everybody in Atlanta and my hometown are gonna hate me but I gotta go with the Astros right now so I'm gonna keep up with just how just how he's been managing the game he's been doing pretty well over the past past couple of series and I mean they've been hitting the daylights out of the ball so we'll just see what happens but I want to see Dusty get one yeah, no, their their offense is wicked, and and Dusty, the winningest manager without a World Series title. So I'm I'm on that storyline train too. I, I like that storyline for sure. Um, like it's his time. It's his time. It is his time for sure. And a lot of he's still very beloved in San Francisco. So I know a lot of Giants fans kind of feel the same way. Um, again, I mentioned you know the Giants and you know how you're a part of that team this year. We all know how game five ended and I don't, I mean, the check swing and in the ninth, what were you thinking when you first saw that call? Like what was your initial, and I know I hate to keep going back to it because it was more than that, but still that was kind of the one that sticks in the, the minds of, of everybody. So what were you thinking when, when you first saw that call? It didn't surprise me. Not with the umpiring crew we had really. I mean, they had been kind of like doing that the whole series, honestly, if you really look at it, like, a lot of the missed calls that were like key missed calls were favoring the Dodgers, even though like the stats say they weren't because of all of them, but like in key moments, like I just felt like we didn't get a lot of calls that weren't our way. And so those things happened and we just didn't happen. You know, we weren't able to pull out of that either, you know, like big situations getting that like strike call Oh one or one, one to change the whole account and stuff like that. We just didn't get those and they took advantage of it late in the game. And, you know, got to get them next year hopefully we don't have to win 100 games next 108 games or whatever it was next year but jesus christ but 
<laughs> but hopefully we'll get them next year and we'll get another in our West title and go a little further. 107 wins, San Francisco Giants. I mean, everybody was thinking like 78, 79, 80 wins and Fangraphs had them like at 0.2% or whatever it was yeah. to make the playoffs. And I mean, let's talk about this team. I mean, the Giants completely defied what the rest of baseball thought of them. And I mean, you were, you were a big part of it. Tell me about kind of the culture and the vibe around the club this year. It was, it was awesome. It was all love everywhere. Everybody's just supporting everybody, everybody doing everything they can just to be consistent and win. Everybody knew what the end goal was, you know, it, the vibe in there was so relaxed and cool. There's never a panic moment, like from anybody. We didn't panic the whole year, you know, even when, once I got there after having surgery in March and everything, um, there was just no panic, but you could tell in the games, there's no panic. We'd be in the fifth, sixth inning, we'd be down two, three runs and all of a sudden, score five <laughs> like, you know what I mean there's no panic with anybody and it just that's just resonated throughout the clubhouse everybody had a good spirit positive vibes all the time and everybody just clicked together um I can give Farhan credit that he put the right clubhouse together to try to win a baseball team um because that's a big part like people don't understand how big having a good clubhouse is to winning championships uh, you can have all the talent in the world but if guys don't fit together and don't enjoy playing baseball it's gonna be it's gonna be a long long year yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, I give Farhan a lot of credit for what he did with that bullpen group, too. I mean, the bullpen was kind of the young sung heroes. I mean, the second half, I think they had like the best ERA for, for a long stretch there. And um, they don't get enough credit. I mean, a lot of them are minor league free agents, including yourself. So I want to give you the opportunity here to kind of pump up the bullpen and tell me how important those guys were this season. I mean, you, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, you look at how many starters we had go down in the second half really at a certain point we had Cueto down Alex Wood down and got I think got or Discalfani down and so we were running bullpen days out there three out of five days or two out of five days every week and it's a true testament to those guys you know you look at the numbers those guys put up I mean my numbers were some of the worst in the bullpen those were still pretty decent numbers like you know what I mean it's just a testament to show how good those guys have been all year and just how the bullpen just attacked hitters and got outs and got us out of big situations and put us in a position to win a lot of times, you know, keeping, keeping the leads where they're at, keeping, even if we're down one or two runs, keeping us at one or two runs where we have a chance to fight back. And like I said, our team didn't panic. So even if you give up a run or two here or there, all the guys know that like, Hey, we did our, we try to do our job. We still have a chance to be in it. If it's not the last out, and we'll pick you up. You know, I said that a bunch of times when I've had, when I had some bad games, you know, luckily we won those games that I pitched bad because the guys picked me up, you know, that's just the type of team we were. But as far as the bullpen, that's probably been one of the best bullpens I've ever been on. Like just fun wise, attitude wise, confidence wise, just the mixed bag of nuts that we had down there, the different personalities and everybody just fit together so well and was so supportive and caring of each other that you could tell that like we pumped each other up. It didn't matter who was out there throwing. Everybody knew that, if we got in the game, the job's going to get done. We didn't, we didn't care who went out there. We just like, we want to see each other succeed. Who's the class clown in the bullpen this year? Jesus Christ. We had everybody. That's, that's like an understanding. Like everybody was like, everybody has their moments. Like you'll get like little tidbits here and there from Littell. Dom would do his thing every now and then. Everybody has such a different personality, but everybody just vibe together. It was so much fun down there. We had trivia every, every game. Um, you had Castro and Duvall coming in late, just kind of quiet. But once Duvall kind of like 
opened up a little bit. He was awesome. You got McGee down there just being a veteran, me being a kind of a little veteran doing what I got to do. Like Raj just coming in there, having fun, being the quirky little sidearm guy. Like we had a lot, we had a lot of different personalities, but it was such a great team, uh, great bullpen. Like everybody just vibed together. And like you said, we we're all, a lot of us were minor league free agents. So during spring training, all the minor league free agents were together pretty much. So we all got to hang out and spend time together during spring training. Uh, so by the time we all got up there together, it was good. Yeah, by the time you guys get up there, you're you're a part of a 107 win team. Yeah, you right. guys were like kind of outsiders in spring training, and now here you are. So that's pretty incredible. Um, and, and you came up in July from AAA. I mean, 33 years old. I mean, a lot of players in your spot at that time would be wondering, you know, if they'd make it back. Was was there any doubt in your mind that that you'd get back to the big leagues? No, I mean, that was never a question. I mean, like I said, I had surgery in March. I literally spent two weeks in AAA before I got called up. Um, the plan was, and they knew it, and I knew it, that if I pitched well and had my stuff, like, I'm going to be in the big leagues. Like, my, as long as I'm throwing well, I'm, I don't have a doubt in my mind I'll be in the big leagues. Like, as long as my stuff is where it's at, if a team doesn't want to give me a shot, that's their choice. But for me, honestly, personally – I can get big league hitters out. I know I can. I've proved it before. So that doesn't bother me. It's up to teams at this point now. Just give me an opportunity again to go out there and do my job. Like, that's really it. And, you know, throughout the year, there's a lot of, you know, shuttling back and forth from AAA Sacramento and the big leagues. How was it, you know, how tough was that kind of to endure all the moving, you know, up and down, up and down while keeping kind of a strong mindset? Because I'm sure it was not easy. It's it's a, it's an easier process, I would say, just me being older. Like, I've seen guys go through it. I've been in the game a long enough time. The hardest part was it that that went through those things when I got options and shuttled back and forth was kind of, like, you know, hearing the reasoning behind why I'm getting sent down and things like that nature because it was never because of performance. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it's like there's nothing else I can really do. So, that was the hardest part. And then I was just lucky enough I had my girlfriend with me uh, at times and she would be up here and helping me get through it and packing up and driving from Sacramento to San Fran or hopping on a flight packing my stuff up while I'm at the stadium and heading to wherever I'm going to next I mean there's a couple times there where I got option I didn't even leave the team so they just optioned me pretty much so it is what it is um like I said you just kind of deal with it at a certain point like it gets to be too much at certain times. Like you just, you feel like enough's enough and like you just kind of have to reset at a certain point. But for the most part, um, just the business, again, it's their team. You know what I mean? It's our team because we're the ones going out there and playing, but it's their team. Like they get to make the decisions. doesn't matter if I feel like I'm pitching well or I put up 18 zeros in a row. If they're like, hey, we don't want you up here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. So being optioned is just the most frustrating thing is like not knowing what, why you're getting optioned and not having something to go down and try to figure out to get back. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I would say. What's it like playing for, for, for cap and Gabe Kapler? I mean, obviously he's probably going to win manager of the year this year. And uh, I, I covered probably about 15 games at Oracle park this year for, for SFA. And I've you know, gotten the chance to, to be a part of some of his interviews and I mean he just seems very like straightforward you know smart what is kind of your aspect and your view of, of playing for for cap uh great dude um you know 
he came into a tough, I mean, you look at the situation he came into, you know, last year. Okay. And then you have a team like this year and the expectations are nothing. And then we have what we have and he had to keep that team just coasting the whole time. Like it could have been any point in time that like things could have went off the rails. He, he did a great job of making sure everybody stayed in there, stayed together, stayed in their lane. He was a, he was a nice calming presence. You know, he always wants to sit down and see how you're feeling and things like that. And he's trying to check on you to see like kind of where your headspace at. So he knows what he has that day. I feel like more than anything else, but he did a great job just making sure our team stayed together and didn't, didn't take the lows too bad and enjoyed the moments of the highs, but, you know, still realizing that we have work to do. Granted, we never really got to enjoy the highs too much because the Dodgers were out on our ass the whole year. But, you know, just the fact that like him and especially him and Buster and Craw, like just the veteran leadership we had, like I, I give credit to Buster and Craw at times too, because, you know, even when those like little moments of panic started setting in, those guys would be like, hey, fact is we have the best record in major league baseball right why are we like even worried about this right now just keep playing like you know what i mean that's that's something like coming from not just the manager but you know that flows through the players as well especially the veterans if you have that kind of camaraderie and you have that coming from the manager that same feeling and the veterans are sending that through the team it keeps us together and keeps everything flowing the way it should have you seen cap lift that man lifts in jeans and jackets uh, <laughs> during training like a couple times. Other than that, I, I let, again, I let Cap do what Cap does. Cap's happy. He's doing what he's got to do. Like, he does some funky stuff from time to time. And I'm just like, hey, if that's what you want to do, do it. Like, you're doing a great job at what you're doing. So I'm not getting in the way of none of it. I feel like if, if I saw that guy lifting, like, I, I would just, like, look and then I would completely walk the other way. That just would be, <laughs> I'd be too terrified. Like you look like when he lifts, cause like I said, like he'll come in and he'll just be wearing like his street clothes and come in and lift. Like he'll be like wearing boots, jeans, and like a V-neck and a jacket and come in and do like four or five exercises and like a couple of sets of each in that. And I'll be like, like I'll, like sometimes I go in the gym and be like, wait, what is kept? All right, I'm leaving. I, I would same thing. I would just leave. I'd come back when he's not in there because I'm like, <laughs> like I can't take myself seriously watching this man lift in jeans. <laughs> so I would go, but like like I said, does his thing. Great dude. That's one thing I can honestly say about. Him. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Everything that I've seen with him, like all the interactions I've really had with him, uh, just the interactions he's had with other people, he's been a great guy. Uh, you can tell by like, how he approaches the media and just approaches everything. Like he's trying, he tries to be well articulated and thought out before he tries to come to everything you know so i i honestly appreciate that to a certain degree because he tries to do the right things for just for the organization yeah and, and you mentioned buster and, and and you and buster kind of come from the the same kind of type of area down south and um uh, you've thrown to so many different catchers through the course of your career yeah. but what, what kind of separates buster from the others just again, Buster being Buster. Like at the end of the day, like Buster knows the strike zone so well. You see how he frames pitches, how he gets behind pitches, how he'll still strike for you here and there. He knows the strike zone and knows your misses. He knows like he makes adjustments in games to each pitch more than I'd say other guys. Because like if he sees you're throwing sliders at a certain way, but he knows that you have to throw sliders he'll move his target to get your sights back on where some guys might not do that in me at bat. 
some guys might be like, hey, we'll talk about it after inning or blah, blah. He'll make that adjustment mid at bat. And then it's Buster Posey. You're not going to shake him off. So just go with it and have confidence in it. If he has confidence in you, then you're going to throw it too. I mean, I'd say him and he has Monty Grandal were two guys I was like, if they put something down, I'm throwing. Like, you know what I mean? Like they know what's going on a little bit better than I do. So trust me. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. And and I, I wanted to ask this to to anybody that's made a start as an opener. And as a reliever, you did make one this season. And that's you know you haven't made a start since two thousand fourteen prior. And I know it's a little bit different circumstances. You don't have to worry about going deep into the game. But was it different to to go through that like starters routine again? Was it like how how different was it from starting a game compared to like coming in in the sixth seventh inning? The adrenaline's not the same. I can say that. That's probably the main thing because you have so much time and you know when you're going in. And so you have so much time to get ready. But it wasn't that much different because, again, I had surgery this spring. So I was down there rehabbing and I was the oldest guy in the Arizona League. So I was throwing the first inning half the time anyway. So it wasn't that much different, but it was tough. Like, you know, just especially that stadium that against the Dodgers at that. And to start the game off on a fucking pop-up that gets out barely, like, that just, you know, it sets the whole tone for the whole game, kind of. And I I let it get to me a little bit. That was the only thing. It's not that much different from, like, is the adrenaline's different, but as far as, like, just going out there making pitches, like, no, nah, it's just, like, you see Dom. Dom had a Dom was very successful at it. And so, you know, once you just get in a rhythm of it and you get used to it, it's just, it's cool. Like, they asked me, like, two days before, but, like, Hey, when was the last time you started? I was like, 2014. They're like, well, would you mind starting? I'm like, I care if you need me to start. Start. <laughs> like, whatever, the, whatever, whatever the boys need to get us through this thing real quick. You know what I mean? Because, again, it was, one of, it was that time where we were having three bullpen days a week. So we were shot, but we were trying to figure it out. We were just piecing stuff together. And, again, that's, that's how good the bullpen was. Like, what, for a month there, we were going three bullpen days a week with no off days <laughs> like that's unbelievable that we got through it with as many wins as we did and guys didn't blow out but it's impressive that shows you how tough our bullpen was and how good the managers and pitching coaches in front office used our bullpen so guys weren't uh, barking and hurt to to an extreme degree after we did all that and i know that there's a lot around like you know, bullpen usage and, and how a guy works two days in a row. Like if you work two days in a row, like, can you, like, this might be a stupid question, but if you work two days in a row, you could feel it on that third day. Right. I'm each guy's different, which is Mm -hmm. funny because everybody's different. Like I was a starter. So at first, like I'll throw the first day and then I'll have that next day off without throwing that third day. I feel it. But if I throw day one, day two, day three is just normally like the day after a normal day that I throw. So I can still throw again. But if I don't throw, then I'll fill it like day four instead of day three. So that's that's pretty interesting. So guys are just different. Like the more like if I throw like every day, it doesn't give my arm time to be like, hey, you're tired. But like that day it gets to recover. Like it's like, oh, like all of everything float like flushes out of it. And then you have to like almost build it back up again. So it's like that. That day after that you don't throw, you're like, all right, I got to – like, off days are the worst for me. The mm-hmm. day after an off day, I am 
trash, trash. <laughs> like, I, my arm just feels like it takes so long to get ready. Everything's just like not moving the way I want it to because you had a whole day to just bed and do nothing. Yeah, and, and you know, you're a guy that relies a lot on movement. And one of the things that moves in your arsenal, uh, you rely heavily on the slider and, and threw it almost 65% of the time. How did that pitch kind of become a big one for you? I mean, I've always had it. I've been throwing the same slider really since I was, what, 11, 12 years old. I just kind of perfected it, I guess. But it's always been a decent pitch. It's always been a pretty good pitch. And then just the more I've used it over the years, I mean, obviously you've seen how baseball's kind of changed where it doesn't matter really how hard you throw anymore. Everybody's hitting fastballs. So if you have decent off-speed stuff, you get away with stuff a lot more. So the more I've started throwing it, the more control I've gotten over it. And, you know, they've told me my analytics on it are pretty good. So I just I, – I, I don't really keep up with analytics like that to care. I just try to go out there and get outs, honestly. And I'm like, like bottom line, the slider's working that day, slider's working. If it's mm-hmm. fastball working that day, I want to use that. Like, I don't – I'm not going to complain about throwing my slider 65% because it was working. But I like to keep it like a 60-40 or 50-50 around there just because hitters start – start being able to key off a lot of stuff, you know, and it actually helps a lot that I can just end up throwing fastballs in the second half of the season normally because they're sitting on sliders, but I like to keep them guessing and keep a good mix anyway, but literally it's just been the same one since I was 12. So. Hey Jay, hey Jay, your analytics look really good on that slider. Okay. You know, like you're not trying to do anything. It's the same slider. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Like I'll, every time we'll have a live VP or, We'll have bullpens and stuff. Like, your slider's moving a lot. Blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, this one didn't move as much. Like, what did you change? I was like, mm. <laughs> trying to throw strikes, bro. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to Yale. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not an astrophysicist. I'm not in quantum mechanics. All I'm just I'm, I'm trying to throw a baseball in this little tiny mitt. You understand how hard that is in the first place? Like, mm-hmm. I have to throw 15 strikes out of, like, 20 pitches, like, we, it's that's already hard enough to think about oh well like how'd you grip this and you need to throw it this way like uh, just if they hit it and get out I'm good <laughs> <laughs> exactly I want to ask about so you know midway through the season the umpires started checking for the foreign substances walking off the mound what is like the interact like what do they say to you like when they walk off the mound do they go they were, like oh sorry we have to do this or like like yeah. what is the, what that, is that, that conversation the- that literally was it. They were just uh-huh. like, like checking. It. They they were they were over it too because they were just like, you know what? It's baseball. Like for for me, the biggest thing I think the umpires had a problem with too. Probably was like how they changed everything in the middle of the year. Yeah. Like you didn't give guys any time to do anything because that thing what Glasnow said is true. Like if you half the balls you get are so slick, if you don't have any tack anywhere. Or if you're not sweating, you have to grip the ball harder, and that puts more tension on your elbow and all types of other crazy stuff. And you're going to get guys that are blowing out. And Because, I mean, I had to start gripping my slider harder, and my arm started hurting a little bit more. But, again, my my accuracy and stuff was off because I didn't have the same feel for it. But I think they're coming out with the new balls next year, hopefully. And they they were actually pretty good. We got to use them a couple of times the last couple of weeks at AAA. So um, they're actually not that bad. But – the umpires were over it. They were just like, like here, give me your glove. Like, they Don't mind like, us. We have to do this. They were, like, the guys in AAA were bigger dicks than the guys in the majors. Yeah. Like, 
I got it. I didn't get into it with one of the guys in AAA, but he was like, like I, I have like body spray or whatever to spray on my hat because like your hat stink all year. I only use one hat all year. So I have like body spray that like I'll spray on my hat and spray on top of my hat. And like, this leaves like a little white mark on top of my hat. So it looks like rosin, but it's not rosin. Umpire after, after an inning was like, uh, what's this on your hat? I'm like, it's body spray. He like touched it. He's like, it's not sticky. I'm like, it's body spray. <laughs> He's like, well, you're going to, can if you're coming back on the next thing, can you like wipe that off? I'm like, bruh, I'm not wiping that shit off. It's body spray. Like mm-hmm. I'm not wiping it off. Like if you want to kick me out of the game for this, like cool, but I'm not changing my hat. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are trying to get up, you know, they're trying to get up to the big leagues and yeah, I mean, that, that guy probably won't, but <laughs> there's a lot of guys that won't cause those dudes. Yeah, no, that's Play that's on. definitely interesting. But Glasnow came on. Uh, Glasnow's a friend of the show. He came on before that happened, and really, uh, yeah. So he's uh, that that was probably awesome. my my biggest get. But no, he's he mentioned uh, he he thought that that directly, um, you 100%. know, led to his injury. And like he he mentioned that when you grip the ball harder, it goes more to your forearm, and then your forearm, you know, it's connected to that. So I mean, he made it. He made a really good point there. Um, it's true. Though. Yeah, one thing that I want to want to ask is: Is you wear a necklace on the mount? Is there any like significance behind the oh, necklace that you it. wear? Oh, you got Which it. One? I just actually, like I said, I just hopped out of the shower not too long ago, so I didn't put my necklaces back on. But like, I have two. I have two. So, yeah, I, rec- I recognize the one on the right. So, what are the significance the, of uh, each? This one is. Um, is black tourlamine, which tourlamine is my birthstone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a black version of it. So I got it in Sedona during spring training. And I just start wearing it and I just I just never really take it off except for when I shower. So and then this one is I got this one a couple of years ago. This is actually the charm is supposed to be a three-star dragon ball for my son. Uh, because when he was in his mom's belly while we were in Japan, we called him Goku. So so I got a three-star Dragon Ball because he's actually technically the third of our lineage. My dad's senior, I'm junior, and my son is the third. So got a three-star Dragon Ball. So those are the two. I don't wear the charm during the game because it's too heavy, but I wear the um, the necklace though. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. Um, one thing that I want to I want to segue to is you know a big challenge this season was was you know, reading about how, you know, you had the racist and inappropriate messages that you received on, on social media, um, after an outing. And, you know, when you read stuff like that, even, even when, where you are now in in your life, you know, early thirties and and all the progress we've made as a country, and you're still reading this stuff. And, and I know you grew up in the South. Is there still that pain that that's generated when you read that stuff or, or have you kind of taught yourself to, to gulp and move on? How, how, how what is dealing it's with not, that like you don't really gulp and move on uh things like that when it happens it's just it shows how ignorant and stupid people are for me honestly mm-hmm. um because if you're really taking it that serious that she has to call people out of their name because they're playing a game that you can't even play like that doesn't bother me like i said plus i'm from the south like i told the reporters and stuff before i was like number one i'm from the south two I'm black and from the South. Three, I'm black and from the South and played baseball. And four, I'm black and I'm from the South. I played baseball and I was pretty good at it. So I heard it a lot growing up in South Carolina. Like, like I would just, you know, our teams would be 
I would be pitching or hitting and we'd be beating the daylights out of people's teams in Little League and AAU and I would hear it all over the place, especially in the backwoods of South Carolina. Yeah, like it happens all the time. So it's not it's not taking a gulp and moving on so much as just realizing you get comfortable and feeling that like that's not you. You know what I mean? Like the only reason they're saying that is because they're mad about something else. Like, ooh, like all those messages were from guys like, oh, you lost me money. Like the spread was supposed to be this. The Diamondbacks weren't supposed to win or they weren't supposed to score this many runs. So they're like, oh, I lost $15. I lost $100 because you gave up three runs. I'm like, get a life. Okay. <laughs> well, like you lost $100 on you giving up three runs. I gave up three runs and I could possibly get sent to AAA and lose half a million dollars. So, like, what are you really mad about? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, for me, like, just going through those things and it's just, I wanted to be kind of um, a light for other guys to feel comfortable doing that. Cause I know there's a lot of guys on the team that got messages before I got there and after I got there of the same kind of like ilk. And they didn't want to say anything because they're like, we get them all the time. I was like, the whole point was when you get in them is to show them just not because it's going to cause anything, but to be like, Hey, like we get these, like we're, we're people, like, you know what I mean? Like we're going out there doing the best we can and things are going to happen from time to time. Like I don't go to Burger King and like you make some fries or whatever. I'm like, all these fries are too burnt. Like, fuck you. I lost a lot of money. Like I need new stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't work like that. I'm not going to call you out of your name just cause you messed up some French fries. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. And you walk in, you know, the ballpark the next day, what was the support of your teammates like after that? It was love. Everybody was rallying around me. That's why I said our team's awesome with that. Um, the city, the fans, the media, everybody in that city rallied around me and I didn't really expect it. Like I didn't think anything of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I like, I just did it just to be like, Hey, like we're humans. Like, you don't need to say this. Tell me I pitch bad. Cool. But like, you don't have to go out of the way. Tell me you want my family to die or I need to do this and that. Like, you know what I mean? Calling me the N word. Like that thing's like just completely like beyond what it needs to be. And then I came to the field the next day and everybody was just like, love, like, sorry that happened. Like, we got your back. If you ever need anything. And it's, you know, it makes a guy feel wanted. It makes a guy feel appreciated. It makes a guy feel supported and part of a team. You know what I mean? So that helps out a lot. And those guys were amazing. Like, I can't thank them enough. I can't say enough to them. Like I tell those guys all the time, every time I see those guys, just the, just my team in general, every time I see them here or there, like in the locker room out, if we're out like having a drink or having dinner together, just, you know, you guys like appreciate it. Thanks for letting me be a part of this, you know, because like they didn't have to like accept me the way they did. Cause again, I haven't been with the organization. I came in late at that, had surgery we were in spring training. I wasn't in the main locker room with all the big league guys, all the AAA and minor league signees were in another locker room completely. So for them to accept me, like and support me and rally around me after all that, it, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. And one thing that, that stands out to, um, I think a lot of giants fans and, and people that are around the team, you seem like a really positive guy. I mean, I'm just listening to you speak here and always smiling, you know, walking off the mound smiling walking off the mound and you seem to really enjoy baseball jay when did that when did that kind of start for you um you know like i got drafted by the cubs i had a long stretch with the cubs when i first got drafted never was able to get called up dealing with a lot of stuff there uh, being a prospect and then just not 
getting called up and then asking for my release, just going through a lot of different baseball headaches and just growing through the game. You know what I mean? A lot of things that I've gone through, I've seen guys quit over. Um, and for me to keep going and just one day, I literally was just at home, like what, it was like 2014, I believe. It was in the off season 2014. I was just at home and I was just like, um, actually no, it's 2012. Um, I was just at home and I was just like, you know what? Like, I just need to be happy. Like if things are going to work out the way they they're supposed to, then they will, but I need to enjoy these moments um, and not worry about them. I need to just, you know, let everything play out the way it is and let everything take care of itself and just enjoy being in the moment. And ever since then, like my whole career is kind of like shit, like shifted a little bit and it's kind of just been on the uphill since then. And that's all I try to do in the, end of the day. Like, um, my career ends tomorrow or the Giants don't sign me back or whatever else might happen. I've had a pretty good career for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've, especially if it ends after this year that I had in the big leagues, I'm cool with that to a certain degree. Like, you know what I mean? Like I had a pretty good year in the big leagues. We won the NL West. Um, I feel like I have a lot more to give and a lot more to offer, but I'm just happy. Um, regardless, I'm blessed to be able to play baseball every day. I, t I go out there every day with the mindset that like, I could be doing something else. I know a lot of my friends that didn't even make it, you know, one year out of pro ball or didn't even make it to the big leagues. You know, there's only what 20,000 major league baseball players ever to play in the big leagues. So it's, I'm blessed to do it. I'm happy to do it. I get to see the fans faces when I get done or even before, like, you know what I mean? You get to just take that in and go be on a beautiful playing surface on a beautiful day, especially if it's a day game somewhere, like this is a day game in San Francisco day game in LA, day game in San Diego, you know, day game in Miami, you know, you see those games, you see how beautiful the fields are and how the sunset, like the sun's over, over the field and how it, it's, where else would you want to be, you know, besides the beach or somewhere like that, that's, if you like being outside, where else would you really want to be? So I try to not take that for granted, even in the minors, like you go to the stadium and you see these fields and you're going out there and you're playing a kid's game, but it's a job, but in order for me to be successful at it, I need to be positive and happy more than some guys that can take an anger, serious, stern approach to it. You know what I mean? So it's just all fitting in there. And I just try to do the best I can and be positive and try to help the guys as much as I can, especially being 33. Mm -hmm. I try to help these young guys just, you know, realize their potential more than anything else. Cause they're, they're the future of the game at this point. I'm on my way out, but they're coming in they can change this game and help, help the younger guys after them too, hopefully. 100%. And what was kind of your reaction when you saw, you know, someone on, on Giants Twitter making a, like a fan cam? That's what they're called, the fan cam videos, like the TikTok video highlight of you. Did you see that? Because I know you no, retweeted I it. it. I saw like one, I think I commented on one that somebody made, but I didn't know how many, like, I didn't know somebody made another one, but like, yeah, like, I, I need to find it then because those are awesome. Like, I just, like, that would make my day. Like, I love seeing, like, people that have pictures of me, like, smiling and, like, coming off the field. Like, I've got a couple of them of, like, me smiling with Buster, me smiling with a couple of other guys, me smiling, coming off the field. But, like, I haven't seen the TikTok or the, like, whole, like, gifts of them or stuff like that. That would be awesome, though. Yeah, man. You're famous. You're famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to touch before we uh, before we kind of take off here. I want to ask about yeah. Japan because, you know, your sporadic career and made your debut 2015 yeah. with the Padres return in 2019 with the Brewers 
2021 with the Giants, and then you played in Japan, you know, in between. What was kind of that experience like uh, going overseas? I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, guys, you kind of feel like you get forced to go over there at times, but I felt like it was a great opportunity. Um, the Padres at the time were telling me kind of the same thing that most teams were like, oh, we're going to use your options. Like, we like you, you're doing well, but if a situation arises, like, we're going to use your option. Like, we need another spot, blah, blah. And I'm just like, that's the case. I'm going to go over here because at least I know I'm getting guaranteed and I'm going to be on a team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, they're appreciating me and they want me there. It doesn't seem like you want me here. You know what I mean? That's for me, I like to, I feel like, I've gone to places that I feel appreciated and wanted at more than anything else. Cause I feel like you can be more positive in those situations. Whereas it's like, Oh, I'm forcing somebody to sign me pretty much. And you're going in they kind of don't want you there either. It's been like that. So I felt like going to Japan they wanted me there. My salary was guaranteed. I had a chance to make some extra money and incentives. And that was going to be a better situation than me being up and down in El Paso and San Diego. And so I just luckily had success over there, stayed for three, came back, went back again in 2020, then spent half the year with the Reds last year and then signed with the Giants. But I loved it. Like I said, my son's over there now still. Like I had, I couldn't ask for anything more in that experience than I had. I had a whole bunch of friends. I won three championships over there. So I've got, I've got a couple of rings. We're, lucky enough to do that play with some great players play with some hall of famers uh you know i play with Kuroda. Mm. yeah Kuroda, uh, Kuroda. i play with uh Seiya suzuki who might be coming over next year you know i got to play against kosuke fukudome like i had a lot of fun over there like again main thing it's fun one three rings yeah, and, and Fukudome was with the Cubs when you were in their organization. He was, so. which is funny because I talked to him about it when we played their team in Japan. I was like, I was like, Fuki, you remember me? He's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, what's up, man? He's like, God, he's like, it's been so long. Yeah. Like, it's like 45 over there still playing this year. He played this year too. He's like 43. I think he had like three home runs. That's incredible. Yeah, Dice K is still Dice K made his last appearance, I think, here. this season. Yeah. Yeah. 41 years boys. old. I had some boys like uh Corey Spangenberg's on that team with Dice K, I believe. Um, which was one of my old teammates. Who else is on that team? I think that's really like they don't that team's really kind of weird over there. But um And they like Dice the American K, players. Yeah, like they how they do their contracts and stuff and their incentives and stuff like that. Like they cap it off a lot, like really quick and like they don't make their starting salaries that much either. So it's just really like they're like not a low budget team, but they act like a low budget team to the foreigners, which is kind of weird. Except for Ernesto Mejia. Ernesto made a ton of money for that team. Yes. That was happy for him. That was that was awesome. Yeah, some guys just go down there and they put up numbers and they come back. Like Eric Thames yeah. did that one year in Korea. Uh, so that was you know, it's definitely really cool, I'm sure. Yeah, I think Tyler Austin's about to do it. Mm, yeah, he's in Korea. He's, been over there for years. he's in Japan. He's oh, Japan, sorry. That. Yeah. He's in Japan. Uh, he's playing at the. He's playing for the team that uh, Tutsugo used to play for in Yokohama. The Bay that, Stars, yeah. I had yeah. someone on from the Bay Stars. Michael Peoples was Yeah, on. Pete, yeah. Yes. Uh, he was, I don't think he was over there when I was over there my last year over there. I don't think I think he um, came he came during the pandemic. Yeah. So um 
he's playing in that stadium. That's a good stadium for him. That's a good, good league for him. Like I'm, I'm happy for him. Austin's a great guy. I love that guy. Um, and he's just hitting taters left and right over there too. It's crazy. So I feel like they're gonna have to sign him, especially if Tutu doesn't come back. They have two foreigners over there now in Yokohama. Their second baseman and Tyler, who just mash balls. So it's gonna be interesting to see. And I do wish him all the best. It'll be interesting to see if he comes over here next year too. But I think he'll he'll do better to stay over there if they're gonna pay him more for sure. Yeah, Austin, former Giant, by the way. So yeah, former, I know. Yeah. So he's in the Giants the year. I think he came from the Giants the year he came to the Brewers with us. It might have been the same year. Yeah. I think it was 19 because he went from the Yankees to the Giants to the Brewers, I believe. Yeah, it was 19 because he was a Farhan. He was one of the early Farhan acquisitions. So Tyler Austin was was a definitely – he had a few big hits, I remember. He had, a, he had a lot of big hits for us in Milwaukee that year, too, to get us to the wild card. There was a couple, like, late-inning homers and doubles that he hit. Man's got stupid power. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, anyways, before we wrap up here, what's the uh, off season looking for you? Any plans? I know you're in Miami now. What are you, when when is when does the uh, when does the uh, when do you kind of get into go mode in terms of uh, baseball activity? I was actually gonna. Well, we've been done for two weeks now. Um, baseball activities will probably start probably in the next two three weeks. I'd say. Um, Going to the gym, I kind of took, I've been kind of just doing like at home, like body weight stuff and just trying to veg out and just kind of let my body heal and recover and try to get some massages and see a couple of my chiropractors and doctors to get my body realigned right now. Um, but I'll start like working out again probably this week, uh, getting the gym and then like I said, baseball activities next two, three weeks and then bullpens probably January. Just start playing catch light right now and then start ramping up probably early mid-December and then be ready for bullpens January and then spring training full go February. But as far as off season, probably a lot of traveling. I'll be in Arizona a good bit. Uh, like I said, I live in Florida. I actually live in Tampa. I have a house in Tampa. So I'll be in Tampa and I'll be seeing my family in South Carolina. So I'll be bouncing back and forth and just training really just in trying to find the good weather. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Good weather for sure. Can't wait to see you uh, next year uh jay appreciate you coming on man it was a lot of fun appreciate it thanks for having me steve and you guys can follow uh, jay of course on twitter and instagram at jacksland 58 that's j-a-x-l-a-n-d 58 and then uh, go check out his merch his uh, clothing stuff uh team jack tomorrow there you go i'm dropping birthday tomorrow so it'll be it'll be fun it'll be interesting there you go some some birthday merch and i was just on the website i mean those in smiles we trust i gotta get me one of those so happy birthday jay by the way enjoy miami Uh, if you guys want to follow the podcast on instagram uh instagram twitter facebook tiktok now too uh at rizzocast so yeah i've expanded the tiktok that's been interesting uh and then of course subscribe on youtube spotify wherever you get your podcasts and you can find us there. All right. Thank you guys for listening and have a great day.